0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle, along with my co-host, Rachel Santizo. Hello. Frankie is our guest. We'll get to Frankie in a minute. Just a quick reminder that you can watch us see our new studio if you go to uh, YouTube, and just uh, put in Odyssey House Journals. Yeah, you like our new studio?
1: I love our new I, studio. I think it's nice. It's just so homely. It's nice.
0: And you can listen to us on any podcast platform, and we're also on KKAT eight sixty AM radio at ten AM on Saturdays and Sunday mornings.
1: What an honor! That's fantastic. I listened.
0: I listened the other day on the way playing golf, and and I thought, wow, there we are. Really? <laughs> yeah, sort of cool, sort of cool, and we, and we get. We get, uh, and maybe next next time I'll I'll ask Matt, our producer, to uh, look up the statistics. It's always fun to see people from around the world and around the country who are watching or listening.
1: I would be really interested in that. It is fun. Yes. Yeah.
0: And 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 it shows the interest in addiction Mm -hmm. and recovery because that's what this is one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with that. Absolutely. And we invited Frankie. Frankie, I think. And I'm not being negative here but the old saying that if at first you don't succeed try and try mm-hmm. again pretty much applies to you
2: right that is correct Randall how,
0: how many how many times have you been through Odyssey or through any kind of treatment program uh, fifth times a charm
2: so let's let's get it right this time this around. is the fifth time yeah
0: and you you're in treatment at Odyssey right now correct yeah and and what's What's funny is you're obviously a very likable, very animated mm-hmm. kind of personality because Odyssey throws this thing called Odyssey Days <laughs> once a year and, and uh, we did it just recently mm-hmm. and it's at a park and we had hundreds of people involved in Odyssey uh, there. And and I, what I noticed about you, because you came up and introduced yourself—that's the first time I met you—is
1: that everybody's going, Frankie! Hey, Frankie's back! Hi, Frankie! <laughs> well, uh, and, and that might be due because he won the pie-eating contest too and had pie all over his face. You know, I <laughs> that saw that true, as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but a lot of people knew you because a lot of people yeah. try several times. So it's no, you know, badge of dishonor or honor or anything. It's just what people. It's it's the definition of addiction. It, you know. So t- maybe tell us a, a short story about how your addiction started uh, and and how you've been trying to seek recovery.
2: Thank you. Um, well, uh, yeah, Odyssey Days is just amazing. And, um, you know, try, try again. And this is like, you know, I said the fifth time around. And um, I just know that there's a special connection with me and Odyssey. And um, this is the year where I just know I have to get it right or else um i won't see to see 42 you know and um my addiction jeez well i think i'm going to start with just a little bit of shame i think it all started around i just um had a psych eval you know with with my my doctor and everything we're discussing you know um oh my gosh what is the phrase i just had in my notebook but it's okay it's just a trauma when you start as you know a child and. um For me, I think the shame and guilt started very young because of just that, you know, just unfortunate to say these feelings as a confused boy and my gender role and who I, why these feelings were so young at such, you know, again, a young age. And um, growing up in a very strong Latino background and, you know, women stayed home with the children and cooked and cleaned, men went to work and, they were the men of the house you know no 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 stuff like that you know so and you know Catholic background and then finally um, there was an incident on Christmas I think where that just stuck where I just didn't get the certain toys I wanted and they're like well huh this something's wrong with this kid what's going on you know so I think that was just you know an unfortunate feeling and start of shame um, when it came to the holidays for me and just trying to hide what these things were with Frankie and so um what were the things with Frankie well why I had like why I wanted to always be in the kitchen with my mom or with my grandma or do things that like little sisters would want to do you know not go play sports or not play football with my older siblings I was the second out of five siblings and They're all rough and tough, and you know they had the sugar ray Leonard gloves, and we're ready to get down, you know. And I'm (laughs) just like, I just want to cook, cook, bake, yeah, or like help with the frosting, you know. (laughs) And it's like, you know, and my my grandma understood, you know, that she just, I think she just, I wanted to be an extra helper in the kitchen, you know. I think she just denied. You know, but so you wanna
0: get that whole macho image yeah, of what you guys know it's you're like, supposed to be.
2: And yeah, and it's like, Oh well, you're Mexican American, you're not gonna do this, you're not you know, you're gonna have, you know, fifteen kids and then, you know, growing up my mom was a single mother because my father had an addiction, you know, and he was a great father and you know, he wasn't abusive. I would say Maybe emotionally abusive toward my mother, but he never showed that for the kids you know, like he was a great dad, and you know I talk to him every now and then on Facebook and I'd like to rekindle you know just have that relationship with him again um but as we grew up, you know my mom was just trying to find faith for us, and you know we live here in Salt Lake City, so um we started to practice you know the church and you know baptized at twelve and that's just another another thing that i was so scared of and just worried about how am i going to do this you know i want to find faith i want to find you know you know my higher power you know and um i had to grow up very young um helping my mother with just bills and um with just helping my younger brothers you know stay out of trouble my sister and my older brother lived with my grandparents at the time so it's like okay um growing up going you know to high school and everything I started getting distracted going to work starting doing you know just helping with the financial bills and everything and uh I started to feel kind of oh you know starting to kind of venture out who Frankie was again you know Mm -hmm. trying to find a click trying to find a cool I wanted to fit in you know I didn't want to be you know, I didn't want to live in poverty. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to be a cool kid with the Letterman jacket, right? Yeah. Um, but it was just so hard because at, in my teens, I was already living a double life. I knew that I was going to be part of this community called the LGBTQ community later in life. But I just didn't know how to approach it or even tell my mom or my family or my friends, you know, and it's later in the story. But um so i think it was 2003 um i was starting to go you know to the nightclubs and starting to experiment with pot and it took it was just pot you know it was just like oh you know just take a hit right you know um and i went out i think it was bricks back then yeah it was my goodness bricks. yeah bricks uh-huh. and the bay right next door sure. <laughs> um and it's i wanted to fit into that Nightlife. I wanted to experiment. I wanted to see what else was out there, you know. And the curiosity killed the cat. Um, but first breakup, and just that's all it took, you know. It was just oh, I was so depressed, so down. How did I, how did I keep this a secret? He was my best friend, and this and that, you know. Just right. trying to live this double life. That I have friends who live that life too, and it's just like oh my gosh, it's so unfortunate, you know. But for me, it started as, you know, my gender role and who I was trying to become, you know, and um, um, I ended up moving to Las Vegas. Like, I, on Christmas Day, I told my mom, Mom, I have to sit down and tell you something out of all day's Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it kind of correlated to my early childhood, you know, like it was kind of depressing, you know, but I told her, you know, I'm part of the community and I hope you accept me I hope you love me I'm moving to Las Vegas with my cousin and she was just she supported it and she said I love you no matter what um, you're always going to be my son you've always tried to help in everything in every way you know and she was a good woman and everything you know she tried to steer us from the wrong direction so
1: how old are you at that time
2: I had just turned 21 Wow so yeah holding it
0: did did you come out to the rest of your family or just I, your mom
2: just my my mom, my siblings, and oh, I couldn't okay. even see my grandma because at the time my grandpa just passed away that year from heart failure, and um i just i just she was just going through her grieving that whole year and um i just i couldn't face her, you know because she doesn't believe in that, and she just sure. you know so um so I go, you know, I'm leaving to Las Vegas with my cousin and his partner. So he had kind of broken the ice, you know, for our family. And I, you know, I, I, we got there and I tried, you know, to just get rid of, you know, all the bad feelings from, you know, your first puppy love breakup. And, you know, um, but it was amazing when I lived in Vegas, I felt like it was like on top of the world, you know, working at a casino, working the nightlife, just, i could literally just be frankie that first day especially with my cousin who was like a mentor you know and i love him to death today and he was there odyssey day so thank you um (laughs) um, he just you know he helped me and he just um he made me feel comfortable in my own skin you know because i'm like look this is this is okay for us you know this is normal um so i um but that ship had already sunk because that's where I started experimenting with amphetamine as amphetamine, and that was my drug of choice. And it just took one time, one time, and I was hooked. That was it. One like, time? One yeah. time. And I knew that this thing was going to be my sidekick. What did it do for you? It, w- it made me feel like I was, it made me feel prideful at first, like, mm-hmm. like, so prideful and just like everything feels so great and i'm going to feel great this is going to be great intimately this is going to be great Mm
1: -hmm.
2: out on the club out in the town this is going to be just great i mean this is why isn't this legal yeah so you know (laughs) it's like goodness you know So um, and at first I thought it was cocaine, too. So I'm just like, oh, you know, I I, I did try cocaine before and I was like, okay, it's nothing. You know, but the way it it hit my brain and stimulated it was gonzo. So um, it took that one time. And before you know it, my addiction kicked off so quick. Um, I lived in Vegas for about seven years and five of those six of those years were just using like every weekend or I mean it progressed to like every other day and it was to the point where I lost everything everything like I was practically on the streets in Las Vegas my my relationship with my cousin was destroyed mm-hmm. and thank goodness today you know that we have that relationship yeah. reestablished and um it's so crazy how meth works in our community and mm-hmm. we have such an amazing community especially allies for the lgbt community but there's this underlying like icky underground cult when it comes to the g part and it's something that you know if i if you don't mind me sharing is you know an acronym and it's party and play and it's you know p Mm -hmm. p p and p and it's so huge randall in our community that it's not talked about and it's scary because I know friends who are in that right now struggling and struggling Mm -hmm. and struggling and for me it's it's a struggle to not to not be on those sites like you know like those new dating sites and you know if you're familiar Rachel if you've heard of them like Grindr and stuff oh yeah yeah Yeah. so you know though it's like tinder and stuff but the way it's presented it's pretty much finding you know a nightcap with illegal substances right and it's so scary and i just don't know how this is going on with these sites and that's my downfall and i wish that we had more awareness in our lgbtq community because Mm. there's so many people who suffer from that disease like it is an epidemic and we don't talk about it because it's shame, it's guilt, mm-hmm. it's involved, it, it involves sexuality, it involves sex. I was going to say it yeah. involves gay sex. And, yeah.
0: and uh, yeah. somebody I interviewed recently told me that's why I heard of PNP, not because I'm cool and know everything. <laughs> uh, and, and he said, you know, he said, we did it for sex, we did it to hook up. Mm-hmm. And he, even in bars and stuff, you'd say, you'd, you'd mention p and mm-hmm. then you'd know whether that person also engaged in that
2: activity. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, you think it's epidemic still? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't see, I mean, like I said, we have a strong support system here in the community, but it's not talked about enough. I don't think, you know, like at the pride center or, you know, Utah AIDS foundation. Um, I think it's just something that just needs to be, you know, voiced out. And for me that it changed my life to where, you know, and this is the part, you know, it gets emotional, but um, if it weren't for Odyssey House, I wouldn't be able to say that I'm a gay male who lives with HIV today. Yeah. And I'm undetectable. I'm untransmittable. I wouldn't be able to say that 10 years ago without shaking or crying or trembling or, you know, in front of strangers, you know. And it does get emotional. This, this but is in I'm, front of a yeah. lot of strangers. <laughs> yeah. I'm very I, proud of are,
0: you. Are you on a drug regimen now that... Uh, that keeps you going and obviously you're healthy as hell <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't yeah. want to run into you so <laughs> say.
1: i think like explaining that part that you can be with hiv and be untectable. like there is resources out there because i think a lot of times we're still in the in the times of if you have hiv then you're just going to die you know and there's exactly. so much more to life and living so i'm really glad you said that thank and you then you, you
0: can have sex now without mm-hmm. transmitting it
2: exactly yeah and you know i had a great beautiful marriage for eight years and you know it was destroyed because of my addiction and that's when i that's the first time i went into odyssey house in utah was 2014 um and you know shout out to my ex-husband luis perez he is amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was um you know the best support in my life at that time so um for me to destroy that was just um it still affects me today you know um, but I'm healthy today and, you know, I have a great support system and there's just so many people that are behind me that mm-hmm. just are rooting and they just remind me how important I am, not just to myself, but to many, you know, and and I don't go back anywhere else but Odyssey House. And I know that this is the year that um, I graduate, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, stand next to Rachel and stand next to Cheryl, my dear friend, you know, and it's like. That's what my life goal is today. And I will not stop. I will not give up until I meet it and continue. You know, if I don't stay connected, I won't make it.
0: Why do you, you, obviously you've gone through Odyssey a bunch of times. (laughs) Why do you, do you, do you go locker? You just walk out of the program or what happens?
2: You know, the first time was because I was court ordered. I was in drug court, I was getting in trouble. And you know, I was, I had voyaged out Five days after I relapsed, they were like, man, what's going on? Why did you relapse?
0: Everybody's always curious about that. You go through
2: all that hard work. Technology. Technology Mm. was, it was right as soon as I had my phone and ready to voyage out and looking for a job, like that itch. And back, that was back in 15, I still had that urge of wanting to get on the sites want you know and I I was still in my you know my relationship my marriage and it's that's why it's so dark it's just you know it's it's scary for me and today I've learned to manage it with the times I've gone back to Odyssey and just share and like become raw Mm -hmm. and just look this is what I'm going through I know it's embarrassing you know gay sex you know all the inhibitions your morals your values are just out the window you know and it's like anything goes and I can't I can't do that today you know because it's it's just death for me and there's so many out there that want to find help and I know it you know and I I have friends I've seen it you know and I hope that they get help but it's just something that I think maybe needs to be raised more and
0: what, what, what happens to you I, I I've never done meth I've done cocaine I was a functional alcoholic and uh, what happens to you when you're using that screws up your marriage and everything else is it your your lack of inhibition or your inhibitions or or everything goes away or
2: you'll never find well no i can't say you'll never find you will find um a healthy intimacy but Mm -hmm. after all the years of just being someone that i mean it's 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 shameful to talk you know and you almost become like perverted. You were promiscuous. And, yeah, promiscuous. Yeah. And yeah. and it's just, you know, double partners and you know, you don't you forget about, you know, STIs, you forget about condoms. You mm-hmm. you don't even care about anything, you know? It's like the more people, the merrier. And and it's, it's you know, a subcult, whatever, you know, culture too.
1: It goes hand in hand. Yeah,
2: but it, it does. It goes hand in hand. And it's and just meth so. meth fuels that. Yes. Meth is such a huge fuel for that community. Wow. And yeah, it's can, scary. And it's not just in the G part, you know? Yeah. It's in all the sure. parts. So. You can go
1: to parks and meet people. Yeah. Like, it's really loud out here. People just don't talk about it. is easy to find and I, still.
2: It sure is. I mean, if you can't find your normal hookup, You'll find someone on an app within yeah. 15 minutes.
1: And I like how you said that because a lot of times we, you can tell someone's in their relapse mode be- sure. far before they pick up. And so identifying the electronics, I don't know that anybody's really said that. And so I think that's really great that you said that. I'm wondering what makes it different this time for
2: you? Good question.
1: <laughs> and I'm really glad. But what it, does make yeah. it different?
2: Um, I think what made it different this time was... Um, being diagnosed with heart failure myself
0: heart failure yeah at 40
2: big strapping healthy (laughs)
0: man i mean my god
2: um it's hereditary and 20 years of meth use on and off um was really the tipping point for me like it it was going to kill me um in jail four days i was incarcerated about two months ago for citations and on my fourth day in in quarantine i truly thought i was going to die like take my last breath like and I, it, they're the exact same um symptoms that my mom had when she was going through her heart failure so that's something that really hits home to me i'm like i'm, I'm no walking kidding. in her shoes you know and she passed away two years ago so from heart failure and that's something that i have to just continue to work on and my grieving process i haven't even started so this is the place to do it you know sure. i mean it's a safe community and not everyone's going to agree about odyssey house um, but you are a part of odyssey house once you start your own Mm -hmm. recovery you're my brother you're my sister Mm -hmm. whether you're at first step whether you're at recovery you know whether you're at journey you're always going to be my brother and sister in recovery
0: so did that did that scare you the hard thing or
2: it did because... Because um, you didn't
0: act like you were afraid of dying when you were doing meth and going to the clubs and everything no,
2: else. No, no. And, um, you know, I'm about a month and a half clean today. Um, and um, when I relapsed, I, I had just been diagnosed. I was released from jail and I relapsed. And that, just that one relapse affected my body so bad where i just retained about 40 pounds of water and my neck was just like this i had yeah Yeah. water like you know this it was starting to grow over here it was so intense that i'm on like a 12 pill regimen today this morning yeah on just medications for the heart and i'm even on diabetic meds that help with the heart so i'm just like yeah my doctor like literally gave me the a slap in the hand man more than a slap but he's just like why are we wasting our time you want to get into odyssey house and you come back on meth i'm like do you want to mm. die if you want to die go ahead s- go ahead and smoke in your room if you want right now right. but i'm not going to waste my time and i was just like i was taken aback you know and today i'm i'm glad to say that dr dylan worst is one of my amazing friends and he's mm. you know up in cardiovascular so Thank goodness yeah Thank so It's it's been such a such a such a ride, you know, but is it the fear of
0: death or to answer Rachel's question? Is it the fear of death or do you really is it would you have wanted to succeed this time if you hadn't heard about the heart?
2: That is a good question. Um, I think I would have still had the urge or the, the passion you know i've always had that passion That passion's mm-hmm. never been gone um but because it hit home so much to mom i was like you know what i need to do this for myself i need to do this for mom um my siblings want me around you know my family wants me around we want you around everybody yeah. does thank you and uh odyssey house has always been so welcoming and i try to cherish every relationship I create on Odyssey House, you know, whether it be you know, part-time peer support up to, you know, Adam Cohen it's like, I just I respect this program with the utmost respect
1: Frankie, oh. say with your heart failure, your mm-hmm. grandpa, your mom say you had five years who is Frankie and who does Frankie want to be?
2: Frankie wants to be someone who found darkness In his recovery but it was a safe place Um, Frankie wants to be present and have hope and uh, Frankie wants to continue to have gratitude and just have that higher power every day and not forget that you know there's a reason why I'm having these chances and I want to reach out to not just my family who struggle in addiction as well um but others in the community and i love the community i love what rachel does i love what odyssey does i love what you do i had no idea you know i could call you a brother sure you know so it's like um we're all in this together we are yeah and uh you know i like what you know cheryl shivers says keep fighting the good fight and that's all we can do we're out
0: of time. Keep fighting oh. the good fight. Thank, thank you, you for sharing some very intimate yeah, details you. about Thanks. your Rachel. life. Thank uh, you. And, and hopefully this will have a great impact on people watching or listening. So thank you very much, Frankie. Thank you, Randall. Thank we you, Frankie. We know you're going to succeed this time. Okay. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Randall. We'll see you next time. Yes. And we hope you tune in again for another edition of Odyssey House Journals.